Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. All right. That's 10. So, yeah, let's just go ahead and move towards our meditation time. Just arriving into a nice posture for practice. Check it in with that posture. We want a posture that is at ease, but alert. And then checking in with your intention. What brought you here? And what brings you to the path itself? To accessing inner resource tools. And then seeing if you can contemplate intention enough to where it becomes an energy or you could feel the motivation behind it. I'm really here for something. Something meaningful. And next, contemplate, reflect upon the idea of taking refuge. 
So traditionally, we will take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. And for sitting together today, it's important to recognize the inner aspects of taking refuge, which these all boil down to taking refuge in our Buddha nature, our natural goodness, and awareness itself. Instead of taking refuge in thinking mind, following feeling tones and emotions, following fantasy, we're actually gonna take refuge in our naturally arising awareness. Out of ourselves, it doesn't need to change anything. It doesn't need to make anything different. It's simply noticing the situation, the moment as it is. And next we can soften and enliven the mind a bit by opening the heart, noticing the quality of the mind when we access the heart. And we can start off by <clears throat> Just accessing gratitude. Gratitude for being here and being here together. Gratitude for the teachings, our teachers. Anything that has led to the end of suffering or has eased our suffering.
And most of all, gratitude for this moment to be able to actually practice this. The supreme action of non-action, non-doing. And speaking of non-doing, let me notice how everything is arising. All on its own. Thoughts and sensations and sounds. The heart is beating, the blood is circulating in the body. Body's breathing itself. You can relax. Nothing to do here. You're okay doing nothing. Experimenting with this. I can be here without doing anything. Not even following thoughts. Not adding a single thing to this moment. Simply noticing its beauty and magic. Just as it is.
stillness is okay. Silence is okay. Busy mind is okay. Restlessness is okay. If the mind is alert, that's okay. The mind is sleepy, that's okay. Noticing what is, as it is.
You're really <clears throat> allowing yourself to truly rest. Nothing to do. You can trust there's nothing to do. The mind may be trying to figure out how not to do. You can throw that out too. Concept of meditation, you throw that out. The meditator, you throw that out. You're already here. You are already here. Hereness is enough. Everything else falls away anyway. And you are sitting in what remains. Simple open awareness.
welcome. Happy to see you all. So, yeah, we're going to continue um, on with the uh, the Four Noble Truths. So we started last week with the First Noble Truth. So uh, just give me a moment here. I'm going to populate the, um, the chat with the Four Noble Truths. First of all, um, I was meaning to actually send this out right away. I, I know I sent it last week, like in the chat box. Um, but I wanted to put it on Facebook and then in the newsletter. Uh, but this is um, this is a great little guide, um, Ajahn Sumedho. It's a little booklet. It's a collection of his talks, really. Um, kind of using this as a guideline. It's only 70 pages, so it's very doable. We're only focusing on the Four Noble Truths for uh, this month, which, you know, we could take it's literally, we could take a lifetime and study these, uh, but we're covering it in a short amount of time. So I wanted something very digestible for us to reference. And so this is a fantastic little booklet, especially, you know, if you're new, but it's just got a lot of gems in there. So yeah, it's really, really good. So there's that. And then just so we can put in here, for those that are new. So this is what we're covering. These are the four noble truths. Of course, this is considered the first kind of first uh, formal teaching of the Buddha. And this is that there is suffering. It's the first noble truth, which we covered uh, last week. There is an origin or cause of suffering, which is the, the attachment to desire. That's what we're going to be covering um, today. There is an end or cessation. That's the third noble truth. And then the fourth is there is a path out. There's a way out. And the fourth noble truth is actually the eightfold path. So right view, right intention, right speech, right action, right effort, right mindfulness, right concentration. And that's the actual last piece. Then we covered last week that there are 12 insights. So, you know, you know, Buddhism, we love the lists. <laughs> and if you get, if, if everyone, if you haven't downloaded, I should put this on like every time. If you haven't downloaded, if you Google Buddhist list of lists, there's this really cool uh, PDF where they list all the lists. <laughs> Buddhism loves the lists. Um, there's actually there's twelve insights when we when we look at the 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 four noble truths. There's twelve insights that go along with them, and they're they're quite simple but profound. And the twelve insights are the actual statement of the truth that it should be understood, and it has been understood. And so we we'll take the first noble truth. There's just a statement that there is suffering. And then the insight of it should be understood, and then it has been understood. And it's very important as we go through all of these, we call them insights, but they're actually instructions. So they're the instruction and the insight, you know, so we're looking to get this insight. The instruction is to note, like, that's that whatever, you know, uh, whatever truth that we're looking at, that it's here. So suffering, for example. Right, that it's here. Right? We want to know that it's here. Um, 
the the second one is that being that it's here, it should be understood. So what is this suffering? It should be understood. And then the wisdom like, that we extract and kind of take with us is that it has been understood. So I was I was suffering, you know, because of attachment or craving in this way. Now that I have seen it, it's been understood. And this brings me to my, to my next point is that uh, this is a this is a wisdom practice in Buddhism in, in general, generally speaking, it's a wisdom practice, the category of teaching called Prajnaparamita, which is, well, Prajna means wisdom. There's different, actually different definitions for what Prajnaparamita in that category of teaching means, but it's wisdom through understanding as opposed to uh, freedom or liberation through understanding I should say, instead of uh, the situation needs to change, the situation doesn't need to change. Actually, my understanding of the situation needs to change. Right? So this is the premise. Uh, so I think, so one other thing. Um, no, so there's one more. <laughs> um, Yeah, one more little list. So we're actually I'm going to do two more just for clarification. Just kind of go methodically through this. Um, this so therefore, the three insights of the second noble truth. There is the, the origin of suffering. There is the origin of suffering, which is the attachment to desire. Desire should be let go of. Desire has been let go of. Actually, this is, even though I did copy and paste that from, from Ajahn Sumedho, it's actually a little bit wrong, actually. But because there is the origin of suffering, which is the attachment to desire, the attachment needs to be let go of, not the desire. It's the attachment to desire. And this is kind of the whole clarification, which we're going to be unraveling today, is that, is that, Desire is craving or actually anything that's arising is not the, not the issue. It's the actual attachment. That's the issue. And so we're going to be looking into what does this mean? Okay. Um, the lists continue. So of course, when we look into the second noble, second noble truth, um, there's another list because there's three types of desire. The first type of uh, desire is desire for for sense pleasures. This is very easy. Like when we speak of when we speak of desires, uh, this is usually what we what we think of automatically, uh, the desire for sense pleasures. So. We're always looking for uh, more comfort. And we're trying to we're trying to look for more comfort and the release of of discomfort. So we're looking for um, we're looking to to have more pleasant experiences, and we have an aversion. We're trying to get rid of unpleasant um, experiences, right? Uh, and this goes for 
all of the senses, you know, when we listen, it just the, this the experience in this moment of sound, for example, like we want pleasant sounds, you know, this happens all the time. My neighborhood's not that quiet. You know, there's just stuff going on, you know, quite a bit. So the dog barking, the, the delivery, you know, the Amazon trucks outside or the, you know, working from home, there's gardeners and, um, I have an, actually, now I think of, I have a lot of aversion to sound because, you know, I teach meditation for a living and, and a lot of times I'm just here in my room right here and I'm leading a group and <laughs> there's sound outside. It's not good. Right. Um, because it has to be quiet. So the desire for, for quiet, right. Um, so the senses, you know, we want to see beautiful things. We don't like when, when we see things that are unpleasant, right? Uh, obviously, this goes for touch and, and all of them. So the desire for, for pleasant sensory experiences. And again, the attachment to kind of quote unquote needing, needing those. The other two get a, a bit subtle. Actually, we're going to go you know, deeper into these two, the desire to become and the desire to get, uh, to get rid of the misspelling. Um, yeah, to get rid off, <laughs> to get rid of. So the desire to become and the desire to get rid of. These two are subtle and, and extremely important to, to dive a little bit deeper into. So I am actually going to read a little bit from Ajahn Sumedho on these two points. Okay, so he's speaking here of the three kinds of desire, and he goes over the first one that we just talked about, and now we're going to go into the second one. We also contemplate the feeling of wanting to become something, but if there is ignorance, then when we are not seeking something delicious to eat or some beautiful music to listen to, we can be caught in a realm of ambition and attainment, the desire to become. We get caught in that moment, I'm sorry, in that movement of striving to become happy, seeking to become wealthy, or we might attempt to make our life feel important by endeavoring to make the world right. So note this sense of wanting to become something other than what you are right now. So I am going to actually put this quote in the chat box. All right, so this is a quote from that little piece of what I just read. Look how subtle this is. We might get caught in the movement of striving to become happy, seeking to become wealthy, or we might attempt to make our life feel important by endeavoring to make the world right. So note this sense of wanting to become something other than what you are right now. I'm just going to leave that here for a moment. We're going to go back to this. I'm actually, I'm going to read the last piece. So um, 
this this uh, desire to get rid of. So listen to also the desire to get rid of in your life. I want to practice meditation so I can become free of pain. I want to become enlightened. I want to become a monk or nun. I want to become enlightened as a lay person. I want to have a wife and children and a profession. I want to enjoy this sense world without having to give up anything and become enlightened and enlightened arhat too. We get dis disillusioned with trying to become something. Then there is also the desire to get rid of things. So we contemplate, I want to get rid of my suffering. I want to get rid of my anger. I've got this anger and I want to get rid of it. I want to get rid of jealousy, fear, and anxiety. Notice this. We are actually contemplating that within ourselves, which wants to get rid of things. We are not trying to get rid of the desire. We're not taking a stand against the desire to get rid of things, nor are we encouraging that desire. Instead, we are reflecting, it is like this. It feels like this to want to get rid of things. I've got to conquer my anger. I have to kill the devil and get rid of my greed. Then I will become something. We can see this from the train of thought that becoming and getting rid, get, getting rid of are very much associated. Okay, super subtle, <laughs> super subtle little, super subtle little things. This association, um, and it's the association of of not being wise to see where the actual pain is coming from, right? So again, we think the pain is situational, so I need to get rid of it. I need to get rid of the pain, uh, and instead of I need to get rid of my aversion of the pain. See, this this just different. This it's different. Uh, this one really caught me though. I'm going to go back to that quote. I just wanted to give you an overview of both the wanting to become and wanting to get rid of. But going back to this quote, especially the last little piece, seeking to become wealthy, or we might attempt to make our life feel more important by endeavoring to make the world right. This seems pretty wholesome, like wanting to make the world right, <laughs> wanting to good to to do uh, what is good in the world, stand up for what is good in the world. That sounds good. How could that be? That how could that be quote unquote wrong? Like how could that be? In in essence, this is the entirety of of the Buddhist practice is to understand the the difference between. Uh, doing the actual action of to make the world right, for example, and not being attached to that action. So he's pinpointing here the desire piece, wanting to make the world right is not quote unquote wrong, or it's not suffering. The attachment to the desire right? The, the attachment, there is an origin of suffering, which is the attachment, the attachment to desire. What is attachment? Attachment is, is the actual thought, it's like our attaching our selfhood to it, 
right? Like it has to happen, right? So when, when that thought goes by, we're no longer awake anymore. We have desire, like I need to make this better. I need to make the world better in this way. And you lose yourself in that. So this is the entirety of, of the practice because it's a matter of seeing clearly or, or being in delusion. Delusion would say, I need to make this better. And we grab onto it and we lose our awareness. So we lose the clarity of ultimate self, right? And we jump into something that is impermanent and momentarily that becomes self. And so in, in that delusion, we lose the clarity of impermanence, of dukkha, unsatisfactoriness, and non-self or emptiness. So we lose the three marks of existence, we call this, but those that's the actual wisdom piece. So we know we're not seeing clearly when we lose sight of those. So losing sight of impermanence, losing sight of, because of that impermanence, unsatisfactoriness, because of that impermanence, non-self, and, and because things are changing, they're not stable as one certain thing. So that, that emptiness aspect. So therefore, that's the, the opposite of those truths of seeing clearly, the opposite of that is attachment. And that's the suffering piece. It's not about the action. The action is wholesome. The action of wanting to do, to do well, or even, even that desire is good. It's wholesome. It's good. Jumping into that as self right, and creating a, a fabricated concept around that is where the suffering happens. That's where the suffering happens. So when we look at the quote unquote higher practices, like we, we, which we did actually today, the quote unquote higher practices is, you know, I invited us in meditation to rest as awareness and do nothing because awareness is, is what's always here. It's not leaving us, right? If we look at the quote unquote higher practices, they are the practice of doing what we're talking about here. So the Buddha out, laid out these Four Noble Truths. And I bet it was right around this time when he's contemplating the Second Noble Truth that he's thinking, oh my God, you know, oh my Buddha, <laughs> I'm going uh, to need a path for this. Like this is, this is going to take some unraveling, right? It's not so easy. This second noble truth and third noble truth, not so easy to experience, like to, to embody, to live as, to see through the lens of non-attachment. The lens of non-attachment is natural born, unfettered, naturally arising awareness. This is the, this is the, the, this is the second noble truth in practice that desire is coming and going you know wanting to do well like important by endeavoring to make the world right sorry the world's never right dukkha it's never right 
the world will never be right. This is dukkha. It'll always be unsatisfactory. It's never right. It doesn't mean we don't strive for it to be right. You know, the most, the most beautiful story of the Buddha of compassion, Chenrezig, Kuan Yin, Avalokiteshvara, uh, right? The Buddha of compassion, her with all her beauty and compassion, she single-handedly removed all beings from samsara, the six realms of samsara. So they're all empty. And she was noticing the emptiness of samsara and resting with all beings in nirvana. And then in an instant, they said, all six realms of samsara filled up once again. Duality, duality existed once again. Attachment existed once again. And she you know, started to cry and she cried the 21 Taras, you know, in Buddhist uh, mythology. And she said, I'm going to keep going even though the beings are numberless and the suffering is, is going to be kind of go on and on, yet I'm never going to stop striving to free all beings from suffering. I'm just never going to stop. So that's a perfect example of this merging of compassion and wisdom. You know, when, when they, when they, so she had the wisdom of, it's like this, you know, suffering's like this, it's, it's here. And I may never be able to get rid of it. And I'm going to strive to get rid of it anyway. Right. So these things and in, in practice, we really want to be able to really taste the freedom. And if we're, if we're practicing the instructions of the insights, we're going to get there, right? So if we're practicing, if we notice, for example, I'm on my way to protest the war, but I'm feeling angry. Suffering's here, right? I should know this suffering. I sh this, this should be understood. And so I look deeper. Why am I angry? I'm doing something wholesome, I'm doing something good, right? I shouldn't be embodying anger. I'm actually trying to fill this world with more love and compassion and peace and kindness. Why am I, I don't want to bring more anger into this world, into this space. I want to go to a peace rally, not a hate rally. So this should be understood. So I understand by looking, I understand that I have this, this anger and this anger is here, but underneath that anger is loving kindness and compassion. I don't want the war because it's, it's harming others. And so then I rest in, kindness and compassion so now that suffering has been understood it's because of my attachment to wanting things to be different that caused the anger but now i see this 
and it's wisdom through understanding, it's wisdom through seeing. I didn't actually even need to change my anger. I just needed to see it. And now it's been understood. So I want us to go into, into groups. I'm going to keep that up. Um, and I want to continue to unpack, unpack this because this is, you know, I, I feel like as practitioners, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where a lot of our challenges are, which within ourself and then our actions in the world is how can we have passionate non-attachment, I like to call it. We want the passion for life. We want to become like all those things, like becoming something wholesome and good and becoming, you know, like, <laughs> the, you know, the very classic intention, like in, in Mahayana tradition, may I become enlightened for the benefit of all beings. It's kind of interesting, right? Because we're literally using the word becoming. Like we want to become something good. And then we also, we also want to understand that this is how things are. And they both have to coincide, you know, to, for resiliency to, to be there. So I want uh, us to, you know, in groups to just contemplate the, um, this beautiful paradox of passionate non We can call that passionate non-attachment. So why don't we contemplate like how this has shown up in your life? Like, are there things that you have been able to do you know, with passionate non-attachment and also challenges, you know, we could share um, the challenges that we go through with, you know, showing up with this, that we do have desire and we get attached to it, right? We get it, we get attached to outcome. You know, we have attachment to outcome fatigue, right? Like I, I want things to be different, um, especially when those are, we feel are very valid desires, right? Very wholesome and good um, desires to have, right? You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.